This is Living Forever, Not an Option, a podcast brought to you by Care Dimensions, a provider of hospice, palliative care, and support services in Massachusetts. Your hosts are Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast, Living Forever, Not an Option. Now, again, your hosts today are Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow of Care Dimensions. Believe it or not, this is our 12th episode. And I just want to remind everyone that Care Dimensions, because this is why we're doing this podcast, I want you to know about Care Dimensions, is a nonprofit hospice provider of palliative care and hospice services. Care Dimensions is the largest hospice provider in Massachusetts, and we've been around for 40 years. So yes, we are experts in palliative care and hospice. We provide wonderful care for in for, uh, we provide wonderful care for individuals and families struggling with terminal diagnosis. Okay, so I know you're all waiting. What's our topic today? Like I said in the last episode, it's hospice, taking to the bed. I don't think so. <laughs> now, are you wondering what the heck this title's all about? Because I am, but Mary's going to enlighten us. Uh, what we want you to know and learn today is that hospice isn't about curling up in your bed and waiting for the end to come. It really isn't. It's about living your life to the fullest with whatever time you have left. And you know what? That's something, Mary, everyone should be doing, not just those that are on hospice. That's true. Right? So Absolutely. now, Mary, yes. you're the one that taught me about this <laughs> phrase. I have to say it again, taking to the bed. Okay. I've never heard, I never heard it before until Mary, <laughs> my older counterpart here, oh. <laughs> came no, no, started no. telling me about this. So, Mary, can you tell the audience a little bit about how I came to learn about this phrase. Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> I need to clarify that I'm your older <laughs> counterpart by merely months, Doesn't a matter. couple of months, okay? Still all older. Right, I just want to say that just for the record. Also, you must live under a rock. I think I do. Sometimes <laughs> I think I do. Grew up in a little town, <laughs> in a little in the house. We're just surrounded by the same people. I know. Oh, my gosh. This, I did not invent this saying. But I love the saying. I know you I do. I love the saying, and I do. I say it all the time. Um, it, taking to the bed, it's what people did when they were fatigued or ill in the past. And this is kind of probably, it is a generational thing, but that's what that's kind of a phrase that, that has been out there. So that, like I said, I didn't invent it, but I do love it, and I use it a lot. Um, I, I have a sick family member, and when things don't go well, she takes to the bed. Whether so she's sick or not, is it just... Whether she's <laughs> sick or not, it just... So I, I always know when things aren't going well, because it could be two in the afternoon, and it's bedtime. I'm taking to I'm the bed. I'm taking to the bed. I have so. a little cold. I'm taking to the bed. <laughs> yes. The end is near. Yep, absolutely. One of those things. Too long of a morning, taking to the bed, yeah. so... That's where I, and again, I use it often because she does take to the bed a lot, but I, I, I just think it's a great term because, and you see this and I, I think Lynn, it just applies so much to what we're talking about today because people, they do, they have this misconception. There is. And we've talked about misconceptions in the past in some of our past um, episodes, and that's a huge misconception and it's not true. Not like at all. if you look at any of our patients that are on hospice care, they're not taking to the bed. No, they're, they're not. They're, you know, they're living their life to the fullest with whatever time they have left. And yes, that might be going to baseball games. That might be going to weddings, going to see their grandson graduate from college. It might be going down to Florida. Absolutely. You know how many snowbirds we have Absolutely. that come on service yep. that want, you know, that leave us come like November, December, and we transfer their care down to Florida. And then when they come back in April or May, 
They're, the hospice sits down there, transfers their service back up to us. Mm-hmm. So people are living, living with a terminal diagnosis and living, I want to say better, on hospice oh, care because absolutely. they're surrounded by um, the supportive care and the expertise they need to yep, manage right their on. symptoms and to manage you know, their stresses, their, any type of need they need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, I think we've mentioned it in other shows where you know, that th- this is, you know, end of life or it's serious illness, advanced illness. It, it, it's the uh, impression that people do that they just uh, go to bed, you know, and wait for a medical event to happen. Not here, not, not on hospice. It doesn't happen. And just as you described, people are living fully for whatever time they have. And, and that's encouraged by us. It's encouraged. So I, I think that there is that misconception that, um, you know, that you need to be bedridden, that you need to be homebound to be on hospice. We know differently, don't we? We sure do. And homebound is a term that is used when you're getting uh, visiting nurse services at mm-hmm. home. Me- uh, Medicare pays for you to get home care services when you have a skilled need. You come out of a hospital or a rehab you need nursing, you need therapy visits, but you have to be homebound. Medicare says you have to be homebound. That's not true with hospice. That's right. Hospice care, you can be out and about. You have to have a terminal diagnosis, six months or less to live. Um, There is certain criteria, but you don't have to be homebound. You can be living your life. Yeah, and I think people do carry that over, thinking that it's the same criteria, like you say, for the visiting nurse versus hospice. Totally different we are very we're thrilled when we call and hear that the person has gone out, that they're with family out to lunch doing that. It's truly telling us that they're living life the way they want to for whatever time they have left. And it's true. And that's, like you said, what we encourage. And, you know, with hospice care, um, there's a lot of studies that show having hospice care come into your home can even extend a, a patient's life, an individual's life. And what we have seen is um, because they're surrounded by the right care, they're getting the right pain medications, they're getting the right services in there that boost them up a bit uh, emotionally, spiritually, uh, clinically, yep. and they do better. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, d- d- When your pains and other symptoms as well are well-managed, it enhances quantity and quality of life. And that's what we found. And, and the studies show it. And, and then, like you say, the extra piece of that is the extra TLC that hospice provides. So those are two of the main reasons. And between the two of them, people do live longer. That, that's, again, one of those other misconceptions that we've, we've touched on is that people think that, oh, my gosh, you know, no, 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 we don't want to go to hospice. You go to hospice and, you know, th- and the end comes quicker. It's not true at all. Not true at all. And you know what? Another great thing about hospice care and living your life to the fullest, it's, it's the hospice care is helpful to the caregiver also um, and helps them also be able to be that daughter, that son, the, you know, that loved one, and not continually doing all the care for this patient if there's that much need. They can just rely on the hospice team and be present and live life to the fullest with their, their loved one. That's right. I, it's one of the things I love about hospice is that it focuses on the whole unit. And, you know, we always say who, family is whoever loves and supports you, and it really does allow you to to be a part of that person's life and, and to do so much. To, it really enriches both people, both the individual and the family's life. So it's uh, I, I think that's one of the things I love. You know, and there's so many things I love about hospice, that that certainly is one of them. 
Mm-hmm. So from everything I'm hearing, no one has to take to the bed. I Nobody mean, has to. Well, you will take to the bed at some point. At some and point, you, And you know yes. what? Take to the bed when you do feel that you need it. You know, but but I, I think the misconception that people really do, that they go because we're so medicalized in our society that if people are on hospice that really they are, they're, that they're in a jerry chair or they're in the bed and they are waiting for that medical event to happen, not so. It's truly not that way at all. So people can, they'll, they can go and rest and do the things they need to do, but they certainly, it, it's not about taking to the bed and it's certainly not about just waiting until their death comes. It's truly about living. But I'm going to, I want to clarify one thing because you have to access the hospice services at the right time also, mm-hmm. because the people we're talking about that can live life to the fullest while on hospice care, come on hospice care sooner rather right. than later. They're not coming on the last three days of their lives when there's a, you know, a, an event, there's a crisis situation mm-hmm. and there's not, you know, they are basically kind of now taken to the bed or, right. you know, t- kind of re- restricted to their home because Correct. of everything that's going on. But if you access hospice care at the appropriate time, um, you know, six months or, you know, it's six months or less or three months or less, not three days, right. then you can live your life to the fullest and you can, we, you can take, um, you know, take advantage of everything that hospice can offer. Absolutely, is and you know, uh, yes, it's true, Lynn. And then the other piece, as we know, is, and, and I just want to reiterate this again, too, is there's not that six-month limit. We've talked about this, and, and I want to just remind people because they really, it gets, you know, either healthcare professionals or patients' families get stuck on that, that you really can be on hospice for only that six months. There are people that are on hospice for longer than that, and it's appropriate. So it really varies. So that those are those general criteria, but uh, people can be on hospice for even much more than six months, and it can be appropriate. And can you explain like why that would happen? You know, it yeah, every everybody's journey is different. Everybody's illness unravels at a different pace and time. So you can't just say this person has this diagnosis and this is how much time they have left. People decline at different rates. So what has, you know, if, if, if the, they're, they're being evaluated, their recertification period, so a person's status is looked at. So if they're approved, they get on for that 90-day period. At the end of the 90 days, the, the physician and the team look and they determine, are they still meeting criteria? If they are, they get approved for a second 90 days. At the end of the second 90 days, same thing happens. If the person is still showing decline and they're meeting criteria they get approved for 60 days and those 60 day periods are unlimited so they're they're being watched very closely to see if they're continuing to meet criteria if they are these like i said they're called recertification periods a person like i said can they can they can really go on for a period of time and it can be much over that six period the six months but they're they're showing decline still so they're meeting the criteria to stay on hospice but they're not restricted to be on only for that six months. And every time they're recertified, they look at the, the individual and say, this person, you know, if they progress down the same route they're going, they could pass within a six-month period. So six months could go by, and then you s- could still say, yes, you know, they have a six yeah. months or less to live. Wouldn't be surprised, right? That's right. That really, I, I, Would I, you I be like surprised, that framing. Yeah. Would the physician be surprised 
not just one but two, the medical director of hospice, the primary care physician, would the physicians be surprised if given the person's diagnosis and the usual course of that disease if they didn't live beyond a six-month period of time? That's really what you're looking at. True, true. So, you know, and I know we've touched on in our different episodes, you know, getting on hospice sooner, all the different services that um, are available, but it's, you know, we're just trying to, you know, we're just really trying to hit this, you know, hit the message home. Mm -hmm. Hospice is so much more than just taking to the bed and just, you know, passing away. Absolutely. You know, you're you're living life to the fullest. You have quality. You said a little while ago, you have quality of life, quality of life for whatever time you have left. Absolutely. And one great thing is, and I think we've talked about in ep- other episodes, but, you know, it's a, this is episode 12. We can repeat ourselves a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, that, that clinical team that comes into the house, and not only clinical team, but also the additional services, um, complementary services that come in, volunteers that c- come in. Can you kind of review that again, Mary, in case we haven't gone in too much depth in these other episodes? Yeah, you know, it's it's referring to, it's the whole, the concept. This is what I love about hospice and palliative care is that it's the, it really we come from an approach that it's the whole person. It, they provide whole person care. And when you're providing whole person care, it's not just about the medical, it's about the emotional and the spiritual as well. So that's what all these other, this is why an interdisciplinary team is essential, because we're hitting all of those. If we're not addressing a person's spirit, mind, and body, we are totally missing the boat here. So it's all about whole person care. And in, in other healthcare settings, it doesn't always tend to all those things. So it's important, and I think there, you know, in healthcare in general, uh, they're doing much better at at focusing in on some of the emotional and the spiritual stuff that's going on. But you have to. You have to. And I think that hospice has done it well for a long time. And it's always been a a major part of what hospice provides. So, And then you have the additional things like you're talking about, like complementary therapies, a complement to traditional medicine, which are things like music and, and art therapy and pet therapy and, and massage and Reiki, those sort of things, things that promote well-being. That's what they do, and, and it's a complement to other things that are provided. These are really good things. It, it's been scientifically shown that these things help with pain and other symptoms and, and again, overall well-being. So it, all of these things combined, you talk about the volunteers and, and other components. And that's components. a big part of hospice uh, uh, services, of the volunteers. Are fabulous. I mean, you, ju- you, you know, hospice, we, we, I think we did talk about this, where really hospice was founded by grassroots groups of volunteers. We can't do it without them. And actually, volunteers are, are an essential piece. And they're also, you know, hospices are mandated to have volunteers. Now, we have a lot of volunteers, um, and that I think that separates us from some other hospices, too, in terms of the sheer number. But hospices are required to have so many volunteers per, per individual on service. But w- I think we go above and beyond that in terms of the services that we provide. We do. We have a very strong volunteer department. And our listeners, um, you know, should know that there are volunteer opportunities here at all times. Absolutely. Um, everything from being with patients 
um, to even working in the office, working at one of our hospice houses. And actually, Mary, now that we're talking about that, at one of our episodes, we'll bring in our director of volunteer services, Cheryl Meehan, and we'll have her tell our audience about That's a great um, idea. some of the opportunities. But in the meantime, if anybody who's listening wants to know more, please feel free to go to our website at www.caredimensions.org. And there's a volunteer section on our website. And you can go on there, and it will tell you how to become a volunteer. There is training. We don't just, you know, take someone off the street and say, here, go volunteer. It's an extensive training. Because I know, Mary, you do some of that training, I don't do, you? yes. And it, it is extensive. And, and people are really given a lot of tools in terms of going out. And, and this is, you know, people have unique needs when they're at end of life, whether it be individuals and families. And a lot is gone over in those. So people feel well-equipped to go and to do that volunteer experience. And like you say, they can do a number of different things. And it's I, I have just heard time and time again from the volunteers because I've had so much interaction with them that they get so much out of doing this. I know that the individuals who receive the, the benefit of their visits also, but the volunteers themselves also feel very blessed by the opportunity. Yes, and so I think that's that's something important. Because I could go on and on about the volunteers, but I'm going to bite my tongue because I think that's a great episode that we can do down the road and um, go more in-depth with it. Sounds great. But please feel free to send us emails or go on the website and we can answer any questions or give us a call and we're happy to talk to you about it. Um, so just going back to our topic today, taking to the bed, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, another thing, you know, when it comes to hospice care, you know, hospice is all about keeping the patient at home where they're most comfortable, where they eventually will pass. You know, because a majority of patients who, if you talk to them, are individuals, if you talk to them, they want to pass at home. They want to they be at home when the end is near. But that's another great thing. Hospice can help you with that. Hospice can help with those rehospitalizations, those ED visits. We can utilize, you know, our hospice houses to do symptom management. Um, there's so much that's there's so much that comes with the package, the hospice package. Absolutely, and and it's really where any where wherever the person calls home, and and that's that's really what it's about in terms of seeing and addressing that and. And uh, it's it's that's that's the versatility of hospice is is being able to address number of different needs like we talked about the physical emotional spiritual and also being able to go into all different types of settings and like wherever the person calls home yeah and that can be assisted livings those can be skilled nursing facilities they can be homes group homes, group homes apartments yeah. rest homes we you know yes. we we see patients like you said I like that phrase wherever they call home. Yep. Because a home is just not your typical house. Right. It can be anywhere, anywhere that people, you know, consider their home. That's we right. Can, we can go and visit. Um, so that's what we do here at Care Dimensions. Um, you know, what else can we add, Mary? You know, I know we're going to, I think this is going to be a, a little shorter version of our podcast. Right. But I think um, we want to get the point across. Yeah, well, yeah. I just, no, I, we have some other great podcasts coming up and uh, just want to, get people uh, continuing to listen. And, and again, we, we have a lot of different things coming down the pike. So, uh, But for this one, I, I think we've, we've really made it clear that you know, this isn't about just, uh, you know, again, taking to the bed, yep. uh, waiting, you know, waiting this. It's really about doing whatever you want and whatever you're able to do at, at whatever stage of your disease process and really helping you to, to fully, fully live 
uh, at this time of life. This is a very precious stage of life, and, and there's a lot to be done now. It's very true. And, you know, we're going to continue doing these podcasts because I think it's so important to tell our audience and to educate them. We What do we call it? We call it educate, enrich, and empower people around palliative care and hospice because the more you know, the more prepared you'll be and you don't have to react during a crisis situation. That's right. You can be educated and know when to access services or at least make a call. Make a call and ask questions. That's right. Have us come out and do an informational visit. You know, because you might think it's not right for you, but then let us tell you more about it. Yeah. Because your misconception, your preconceived notions, you know, the input you're getting from people that truly don't know about the service isn't doing you justice. That's right. Come to the experts here at Care Dimensions. Let us help you absolutely i guess that's what i want to say at the you know at the end let us help you navigate this time of your life absolutely you always look for people to help you navigate when you're you know like i've said before you plan a wedding you hire people you you know you're you're planning college yeah yeah you know you're you're taking tests you're getting ready you know you're you're planning yeah you're preparing ahead prepare absolutely prepare plan ask questions absolutely so thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, again, this is Mary Crow and Lynn Skarmis. We'll be back next time for our episode 13. And any questions in the meantime, please feel free to reach out. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Living Forever, Not an Option with Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. To learn more about Care Dimensions, please visit our website at www.caredimensions.org or check out our podcast website at www.caredimensions.org backslash podcast. We would love to hear from you with questions or comments. Please feel free to email us at podcast at caredimensions.org. And of course, you can always call our office at any time. The number is 888 283 1722.